Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Acts chapter 18. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would trust in you to lead us, guide us, and direct. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Acts chapter 18. After these things, he departed from Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had arrived recently from Italy, along with Priscilla, his wife, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he went to them. And because he was practicing the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade, and he argued in the synagogue every Sabbath, attempting to persuade both Jews and Greeks. Now, when both Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began to be occupied with the message, solemnly testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they resisted and reviled him, he shook out his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am guiltless. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And leaving there, he entered into the house of someone named Titus Justus, a worshiper of God whose house was next door to the synagogue. And Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his whole household. And many of the Corinthians, when they heard about it, believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul in a vision in the night, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, because I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, because many people are mine in this city. So he stayed a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now, when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews rose up with one purpose against Paul and brought him before the judgment seat, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it was some crime or wicked villainy, O Jews, I would have been justified in accepting your complaint. But if it is a question concerning a word and names and your own law, see to it yourselves. I do not wish to be a judge of these things. And he drove them away from the judgment seat. So they all seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and began beating him in front of the judgment seat. And none of these things was a concern to Gallio. So Paul, after remaining many days longer, said farewell to the brothers and sailed away to Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. He shaved his head at Sincrea because he had taken a vow. So they arrived at Ephesus, and those he left behind there, But he himself entered into the synagogue and discussed with the Jews. And when they asked him to stay for a longer time, he did not give his consent, but saying farewell and telling them, I will return to you again if God wills. He set sail from Ephesus. And when he arrived at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and went down to Antioch. And after spending some time there, he departed, traveling through one place after another in the Galatian region and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, a native Alexandrian, arrived in Ephesus, an eloquent man who was well-versed in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being enthusiastic in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things about Jesus, although he only knew the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. And when he wanted to cross over to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he assisted greatly those who had believed through grace, for he was vigorously refuting the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that the Christ 
was Jesus. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In the previous chapter, Paul went from Philippi to Thessalonica, Berea, and then Athens. It seems that Luke stayed in Philippi as the word we stops. Then Silas and Timothy stay in Thessalonica and Berea, so Paul is by himself in Athens, and then Corinth. It seems from reading 1st and 2nd Thessalonians that Silas and Timothy may have made some trips back and forth. Paul meets Aquila and Priscilla in Corinth. It isn't clear, but they may have already been Christians before Paul met them. Clearly, they are Christians by the end of this chapter, as they teach Apollos. Paul stays with them and worked with them, making tents. This is where we find out the type of work Paul did to make money when he wasn't being supported by donations from churches. Luke tells us that when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began to be occupied with the message. Luke doesn't tell us why, but Paul mentions in Philippians that the church had sent him money several times. So it seems that Silas and Timothy brought money donated by the Philippian believers to Paul so that he wouldn't have to make tents and could preach full-time. As was typical for Paul, he preaches in the synagogue until they won't listen anymore and then preaches to the Gentiles. After he left the synagogue, Luke tells us, he entered into the house of someone named Titus Justus, a worshiper of God whose house was next door to the synagogue. I don't think that this means necessarily that Paul lived in that house, but that is where he did his teaching. The name Titus Justus is a Greek name, and he is described as a worshiper of God, so he would be a Gentile who believed in Jesus. Paul had been mistreated and had to leave city after city, but Jesus told Paul in a night vision not to be afraid to speak out in Corinth. So Paul did for a year and a half. The Jews tried to get Paul in trouble with the government, but Gallio, the proconsul, wouldn't listen to their arguments. It isn't clear who beat Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue. It may have been the Jews, but that seems odd, or it may have been the Gentiles who saw that the Jews were out of favor and took the opportunity to beat a leader of the Jews. In any case, Paul was not harmed in keeping with the promise of Jesus. Eventually, Paul decides to leave Corinth and head to Jerusalem. We read that he was keeping a vow. That sounds like a Nazarite vow, since he shaved his head. We don't get any more details. Paul crosses over to Ephesus and spends only a little time there before heading to Jerusalem. He tells them he will return if God wills. Luke gives us almost no details, but in two verses, Paul goes to Jerusalem and is back in the Galatian and Phrygian regions, strengthening the churches. So we would say that Paul ended his second missionary journey and began his third missionary journey in verses 22 and 23. Luke takes us back to Ephesus, where Apollos is doing a great job preaching, but he doesn't actually know about Jesus, but only John the Baptist and what he prophesied about Jesus. So Priscilla and Aquila took him aside and gave him more information about Jesus. It is interesting to note that Priscilla's name comes first. Apollos decided to go to Achaia, which is the province that contains Corinth. This makes sense when you read 1 Corinthians and Paul mentions Apollos. And now for a deeper dive. Luke makes little comments throughout the book of Acts to help us understand the right way of thinking. In verse 9, And the Lord said to Paul by a vision in the night, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, because I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, because many people are mine in this city. I think Jesus is saying that many people who are his have not been reached yet, but if Paul speaks out, they will be reached. 
That is a different way to think than we would naturally think. We would think that maybe if Paul preaches more and does a better job preaching, then more people will be saved. But Jesus phrases it like he already knows who will be saved and will keep Paul safe there long enough to reach those people. When Paul stops briefly in Ephesus, he says, I will return to you again if God wills. In Acts chapter 16, Paul had wanted to go north and south to preach, but the Spirit not permitted him, but finally he gets the Macedonian vision and heads there. The point is that Jesus is orchestrating the whole thing. Luke said at the beginning of the book of Acts that his first book, Luke, was about what Jesus began to do and teach. So the idea is that this book is about what Jesus continued to do and teach. Do you think Jesus is continuing to do and to teach today? James says in James 5:13, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and carry on business and make a profit. You do not know what will happen tomorrow, what your life will be like, for you are a smoky vapor that appears for a short time and then disappears. Instead, you should say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. That doesn't mean that Paul's life was easy, but he wasn't in control. And neither should we be in our lives. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.